Mom, we often feel overwhelmed, exhausted, and inadequate when raising kids. But who you are matters. Mom Matters walks alongside you to inspire you with the hope of the gospel and a vision of motherhood so you can intentionally and skillfully foster your family, maximize your impact, and leave a legacy. Motherhood is messy. Impact is possible. And Mom, you matter. So welcome to the tribe. Welcome to this episode of Mom Matters. My name is Elizabeth Green, and I'm so glad that you joined me today. My aim is to inspire you as a mom with a vision of motherhood so that you can intentionally foster your family and really maximize your impact so that you can leave a legacy in the hearts of your children and grandchildren. Sort of a lofty goal, but this is what I want for myself, and I hope that you'll join me with that desire on this journey of motherhood. As we lay down a foundation for the episodes to come, I want us to talk today about this topic of influence. Often as a mom, as we look at our daily life, it's so easy to wonder, you know, and ask ourselves the question, am I really making an impact in the life of my kids? You know, who I am, what I do, does it really matter? Because we can look at our life and we can just think, I'm not seeing a difference in, in it all. And so we, we begin to think, you know, does it really matter if I bring my A game to my mothering? I'm just, I'm just not seeing it. And I want to encourage you and let you know that, yes, it really does matter who you are, who you are becoming, how you behave as a mom. It matters because your kids are soaking in every day who you are and what you do. Even really in the small and insignificant choices that you make, your kids are watching and observing. It really is quite remarkable. And this is where my story of spaghetti sauce and influence comes in. When I was a junior in college, my roommates and I got an apartment. And so after we unpacked our bags, we drove to the grocery store to fill our cabinets with food and to buy things that we could eat for dinner. Well, what is, you know, easy to eat? Spaghetti. Spaghetti is something that's super easy to make for dinner for college students. So we pushed our cart down the aisle to the spaghetti sauce aisle and we stood in front of the spaghetti sauce. And this is where we all had our first disagreement. Because what did we want to do? One reached for Prego. The other one reached for ragu. A third one of us reached for the store brand sauce. And we were stuck in this disagreement on which brand would grace our spaghetti noodles back in the apartment. And I began to think about this. Why the hang up? Like, what was the problem with the hang up? Well, we each chose the brand our mother used. And when it was our turn to be grown up, when it was our turn to choose a pasta sauce, we were just following our mom's example. And I look back on this experience, and I really am pretty amazed at the influence of a mother. Because you and, you and I, as a mom, we have this incredible influence really in just the simple things of life. Um, in the simple way we live, just in significant ways and insignificant ways, we have this, this influence in our kids' lives. And I find this both sobering and exciting at the same time. And it's really the thought that keeps me on my knees in prayer. It's the thing that keeps me in scripture too. Because I want who I am becoming and who I am 
to overflow by God's grace to my children. And I really, in my heart, I want to reflect Christ to them. And I want to be able to say, along with the Apostle Paul, follow my example is I follow the example of Christ. And I don't know about you, but I find it to be a very bold statement because so often I think, oh no, I don't want them to follow my example. I've got growth to do. And it's not about being perfect, but it's about being uh, in a position of surrender to Christ and growing to become more like him every day. And so what if you and I as a mom harness this influence that we have just by the nature of being moms for prof- uh, to have it be profound, positive impact? And I'd like to just linger on this this idea for just a moment of having positive influence. Because, you know, as I just said, clearly stated, just the nature of being a mom gives you influence. Whether you're tucking your kids into bed if they're little, whether you're driving them to practice um, or to dance or, or all their activities, you are, as a mom, most likely the one who is the chief operating officer of your of your household. You're the one who've got, you've got influence. And sometimes I ask myself, okay, I've got this influence, but how often is my influence positive? And I, this is a question that I really want to be brave enough to ask. And it's a question I challenge you as well to be brave enough to ask, how often is my influence truly positive? Not perfect. Don't get hung up on being perfect because we will never be perfect. But, but but more than not, positive. This is what I want. And I know it's what you want too in your mothering or you wouldn't, you wouldn't be here with me. So when I think about this positive um, impact of influence, I think of my mom. My mom has been a mentor to me and she's been an example to me of mothering. And you may feel like, okay, I that's great for you, Elizabeth, but I don't have a mom who provided that for me. And if you don't, I get it. Many of us don't, but you can borrow mine. And I'm going to share some stories today from my mom and just borrow, borrow her as your mentor and your as your example in your mothering. So I want to share with you along those lines. Um, three characteristics of my mom's parenting that you can implement that will boost or even shift you into a mom of positive influence. And as I look back at her parenting, I really see that what she did falls into three specific actions, which I think that will make it a little bit easier for us too. The three actions that she did or the three areas are how she treated me how she talked to me, and how she treasured me. And as a result of how she treated me, I felt important. As a result of how she talked to me, I felt honored. And as a result of how she treasured me, I felt loved. And you have the power. You have the influence as a mom to give that as a gift to your children. It is yours to impart. What a legacy. How did, so how did my mom treat me? Overall, she treated me with love. 
And this was really huge because for me, I had an intense, strong-willed personality. I was high-strung. I was this determined child. And my mom seemed to somehow be able to love me through all my ups and downs and to delight in my design all the while helping me to grow into maturity. She didn't want to just love me the way I was. She knew that she, her part of her job was to help me grow and to mature. And trust me, I had a lot of maturing to do. But in the process of it, I felt loved. She saw there was potential for me. And I, I needed to believe that for myself as well. So let me give you a couple examples. I was super intense about grades. I don't know why. I just this determined, driven spirit in my soul. And I was just getting good grades was such an important thing for me. And I was probably in middle school. I got sick. I was behind in my schoolwork. I probably missed a whole week of school. I I don't remember how much, but I remember being sick, being behind, getting all this homework that the teachers had given so I could start to get caught up. And I was just freaking out. I was overwhelmed. And I just thought I would never catch up. I would never get good grades. I mean, like the world was ending because of this, this, this sickness and being behind. And my mom just swooped in and she spoke words of truth to me in a really calming way. And she spoke words of hope for my future. And this all sounds quite dramatic, but I was quite dramatic then. My concern really became her concern. And she was, she was there to help lead me to a better place. And that is what I needed. I am pretty amazed, actually, that she didn't match my intensity with her own intensity. She did not ratchet it up. And and I don't know if you've ever tried that. I, being an intense person, have sometimes met my kids' intensity at the same level. So if they're like at a level 7 out of 10, I'm at a level 7 too. And that just doesn't work. It doesn't work if you've got two intense people. I mean, trust me, don't do what I've done, right? But instead... If I was at a level seven of intensity, she would come in at a level two, lower, and it was able to have a calming effect on my soul. And she just worked with me in this positive, calming way. She accepted me for who I was, training in me into maturity. And she never said to me, Elizabeth, just relax, just chill, you know, just grow up. She didn't give me those words. She didn't, she didn't treat me that way. But you know what? Through her patient and loving approach, I did learn to relax. I did learn to chill. And I did grow up. I think of Proverbs 15, 4, and it says, a gentle tongue is a tree of life. And my mom was like that tree of life for my soul. And she still is. Even now, when as a mom, myself, I can call her and she's still that tree of life for my soul. And so I have warm memories as I look back on my home because it was a safe place to belong. And I want that for my kids. And maybe you didn't have a safe place to belong as when you were growing up, but it is something that you too can provide for your own kids. How you treat your kids will speak this truth to them. I love you, and I accept you for who you are, and I'm here 
to help you grow. So she treated me with love. The second thing my mom did is she talked with me with words of respect. And I, I want to say it was really even more than words of respect. It was almost this tone or this atmosphere of respect and honor. She really didn't have demeaning words. She didn't have put downs or criticism. She really had utter control over her tongue and kindness spilled out. She was, you know, she was not a pushover at all. In fact, she was kind, but she was very firm. I always knew that my mom meant business. She, um, she was, but she was self-controlled and her self-control really ruled the day, even in the face of my intensity, which is really pretty remarkable. And I wish I could tell you that I am just like my mother, but I have had to tell my kids, I am sorry for words that have spilled out of my mouth. I think of the proverb, it's, I think it's Proverbs 19.10, and it says that too much talking leads to sin, but be sensible and keep your mouth shut. And I have to remind myself of that because often I am not like my mom, but she is my model and she inspires me to gain control over this tongue because I know it has the power to breathe words of life or to spit out deadly poison. And I keep telling myself when I'm angry, Elizabeth, be careful to speak words of life over this child. I want to make one caution over sarcastic humor because you may be very quick-witted and a sarcastic, a sarcastic comment can really be a funny zinger. I mean, it really can. Everyone can get a good laugh at your sarcastic humor. But if it's at your child's expense, I just want to issue a word of caution. Because sarcasm at times can be a form of criticism. It really can. And I want you to think of your child's life as a jar. And your comments are like marbles that you put in this jar. And I want you to be asking yourself, what am I filling this life with? What am I giving to them to store away in their heart and to take with them? Are they words that will, will build up? Or are they words that tear down? Think for just a minute about the tapes you play in your head from comments that were made about you when you were young. Often we play the comments that tore us down, that ripped a little bit at our heart. And we have, again, we have this potential as moms for positive influence and to make our comments count for good. James in the Bible reminds us that the tongue is a fire. And it really is something that we need to control. I need to control my tongue. I trust me, I do. And if you're like me, it's a warn, it's a caution for all of us. In contrast, I love this description of the women in Proverbs 31. I think it's verse 26. And she is described as one who opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. I want that to be true of me. That is who I want to be. That is who my mom is. She talked, uh, she talked to me with respect. She treated me with love. And the third thing that she did is she treasured me for who I am. Again, I think this is a real feat of her, that she was able to help me feel comfortable in my own skin. 
And she did this really by accepting me for who I was and just delighting in this quirky design that God has given me. I mean, I was this enthusiastic little ball of fire growing up. And if you don't believe me, just grab a cup of coffee with my sister and she can tell you some stories. I remember, I'll give you a couple stories, but one is I remember being in fourth grade and we must have had this unit on poetry in fourth grade. And so I sat down at this little desk in my bedroom and I wrote these poems. And I remember going into my parents' room and, and reading these poems to them. And I'm just telling you, they were the epitome of stupid. I mean, they were not good at all. But my mother, I mean, she just celebrated my efforts at creativity. I don't think she falsely, you know, told me that I was better than I was, but she found something to celebrate. And I'm so grateful because I'm still a person who uses and works with words. And so she was able to celebrate what I was trying to do so that I could continue working toward getting better at it. Then there was this time, it was probably around the same time, when I wanted to wear white gloves at my brother's wedding. I was about 10 when my brother got married. He's a bit older than I am. And it was just an awkward stage for me. I had had bangs, and they were I was growing out my bangs, and they were at this very ugly stage. If you've ever grown out bangs, you know they get to this awkward stage. They just they don't go behind the ear yet. They're too long. They hang over the eyes. It just looked so ugly. And my mom tried so hard to cast this vision. I remember standing in the bathroom and she was like looking at my hair and just saying, imagine like, what if we did this? And what if we just trimmed it up this way? I would not have it. I was determined to grow it out. I had gotten it to this point. I absolutely was not going to change gears for this family photo that would live on forever. I should have listened to my mother because I look crazy. But you know what? She didn't tell me I was going to look ugly and that I would regret it. She just went with it and she just realized it just doesn't matter. Treating me with love and respect and accepting me for who I was in the grand scheme of things was more important. And she nurtured my soul in that way. Well, it gets worse because I also wanted to wear these white gloves in the wedding. Now, my mother had this picture on her dresser when I was growing up in my home of my grandmother, her mother. And it must have been a picture from like the 1940s, maybe early 50s. And my grandmother was very elegant in this long dress, wearing these long white gloves. And I grew up looking at this elegant, beautiful grandmother in these gloves. And here was my chance. My brother's wedding, my first wedding to go to, my first wedding to dress up and to be elegant, and I wanted to wear gloves. But I didn't choose long gloves. For some reason, I had these short little white gloves. And so there I was with my crazy bangs growing out and these white gloves. I mean, I looked absolutely ridiculous. And yet, somehow, my mother just embraced me and loved me for who I was. I didn't have to conform to this standard of perfection or this standard of, of beauty. I wasn't conjoled to warp into someone different. They just let me do it and to be that way. And I'm sure they told me I looked pretty on that wedding day because there I was in all my glory looking pretty hideous. But she just she just treasured me for who I was. And I'm so grateful. Now, of course, my mom wasn't perfect. If you're thinking I have this perfect mother, she was not perfect. And I want to share that with you because I don't want you to get discouraged and think, well, I could never be like her. That's, that's too hard. Listen, 
I am not like my mother either. I am not perfect and you aren't perfect. We are not perfect as mothers. I simply provide these stories because I want to provide an example of a vision of what could be. What if, what if you could shift just a few things so that your mothering takes on these characteristics? You treat your kids in such a way as to express importance. You talk to them in such a way as to express honor. And you treasure them in such a way as to express unconditional love. I want my influence as a mom to be marked by my kids looking back and saying to themselves, yes, I felt important. I felt honored. I felt loved by my mom. We build that day by day in the insignificant daily interactions that we have with our kids. Yes, who you are, what you do matters. Even if you don't see it today, you will in the days to come. You, mom, are playing a powerful role in the life of your kids. And like a pebble in a pond, you are exerting an influence that will have a ripple effect into generations to come. You've got this, mama, and I am cheering you on. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Mom Matters, because moms equipped with vision and skills create a life of influence, impact, and legacy.